Ex-cons of Reddit, what's the worst thing that happened to you while doing your time? Serious replies only and some pretty messed up stuff ahead, so fair warning. Did seven in Pennsylvania State Prison. Saw a guy who was accidentally cleared by psych to be in general population go out to yard to try to cut his own head off with the razor wire. It was morning yard, not a lot of people out, and he sprinted towards the fence as soon as he got out there. We all thought, oh crap, we've never seen someone try to get over these forests of razor wire, but then this guy turns around with his back right up against the fence, cops coming from three directions yelling into their radios, and he loops a circle of razor wire around his neck and starts sawing. A waterfall of blood. Cops froze, everyone froze. That was really unexpected. They told us he lived, but screw me if I know how. Since you're asking, it happened at SCI Somerset, down in the lower yard. Yes, most of the razor wire is up on top of the fence, but there's a single run about 8 feet up the face of the fence, maybe to just discourage you from testing out the rest of it. He found this one section in the corner of the yard, where the fence makes a bend, where that run was sagging down enough he could reach up and grab it. I always thought the pain reflex of holding onto razor wire would have made him stop, but nope. The craziest part is that prison can be months and months of literally the same thing over and over, like everything's painted the same color, then that guy's over there trying to cut his head off, oh wait, huh? Like that. And prison doctors suck so hard, probably gave him ibuprofen and sent him on to the hospital. He did it because he was crazy. The first day I was assigned to a new unit after being sentenced, DUI 90 days. I got put in a five-man cell. It wasn't my first time locked up and had been in the jail a few weeks, so I wasn't too nervous. The guys were cool to me all evening. All four had done time before in much worse prisons. They were all playing cards, and I didn't know the game, so I sat on my bunk reading. They started off saying weird, cryptic gay stuff, random stuff regarding Vaseline and who was cute on the block, etc. It ramps up over the course of an hour, then they start playing strip poker. Meanwhile, I've been hearing every word they say and studiously ignoring it. They got bored of being subtle and began saying awful stuff about screwing each other. I ignore everything, while secretly getting scared that they're going to do something to me. Eventually, all four got up shirtless, and they trapped me on my top bunk and started grabbing at me. I yelled, what the heck? And they collapsed in laughter and spent the next 48 hours telling everyone who'd listen. TLDR, new guy in five-man cell, they pretend they're going to gangbang me. I suppose seeing people getting taken advantage of all the time and then not caring was the worst. New guys coming in and getting ripped off on trades and stuff. People with social-slash-developmental issues just getting their food taken from them. Also, the psychology of people without goals gets weird. What was worst was just becoming part of that world. There are so many people there that have their rights taken away from them on a regular basis and don't care anymore. They choose to place value on being able to make others fear them. They stop thinking about the world beyond the walls and just get all wrapped up in the weird culture of the place. There was a day I was feeling proud of myself because I was running around organizing contraband trades, setting up poker games, and owning things like hardcover books and the only dice in the place. In that moment of pride, I realized I started to lose my mind. It's honestly hard to remember the months in there because most of the time, nothing's freaking happening. Nothing. You've read until you can't stand it. You've slept all you can. You can't play cards because your Sally is sleeping. So you stare at the ceiling and wait. It's so weird to realize you're doing the equivalent of time out for months. You're not waiting for five minutes. Not waiting for five hours. You're waiting for a day that is months away. Just waiting. TLDR, it's like being in a DMV with a bunch of idiots and your number isn't up until next January. A user reminded me of the other thing that was awful on the human psyche. You're not really a person in there. You might have people that care about you on the outside, but they're still living their lives. The guys you play cards with are just trying to pass time, just like you. The officers don't care. You're just another pain in their neck. You just wear the same linen pajamas every day and just exist. 12 months on the inside. Very first day in prison. Very first day. 
I was in line for supper, and this big guy comes up behind me, squeezes my butt, and whispers in my ear, are your panties wet? Scared crapless, I turned around, and the guy jumped back and said in a friendly tone, oh, my mistake, mate, I thought you were someone else, and left the line. I still laugh about it to this day, but during the time, it messed with me. Actually, he was a big solid who did honestly mistake me for his boy. I did three and a half years in Texas prisons. I believe that the worst story I can recall was my first full day in a state jail facility, used as a transition center for up to two years before one is sent to a real prison in Texas. A guy came up to me asking if I smoked cigarettes. I didn't, but thought, why not? So he told me to head to the gym when that time came later that afternoon. We went to the gym and fired up a cigarette while we walked around the basketball court. As we were walking around the court, we approached the universal gym machine where a variety of people were using the various pieces to work out. The guy who offered me the cigarette advised me to follow him to the other side of the basketball court and to stay away from the universal gym. A few minutes later, a guy sat down and leaned back to do some bench press when four guys grabbed him, one on each arm and one on each leg. Two other guys pull out cans of chili, or refried beans as both were available, in socks and proceed to hammer the guy in the face. The guy at the bench press had his face completely caved in. All I could think was, what have I gotten myself into? I also recall one other time when I was at the pre-release facility at the Beto unit where a guy had his face cut up with a box cutter and his throat slit over $20. The guy who died even had about $40 worth of cigarettes on him when he died. I never had anything happen to me directly per se. There were a few fights I got into over various things, usually disrespect. Processing in the LA County Jail, just after the first showers. Everybody is lined up to proceed to the next stage of processing. We were told to leave our towels in a pile on the floor and step forward when your name is called. One Hispanic fellow was called but did not speak any English. He was still carrying his towel. The deputy commanded him to stop and leave his towel in the pile. He did not respond. One deputy used his taser on the dude while two others dropped knees on him. The guy was rolling on the floor screaming apologies in broken English and Spanish. The guy received one warning. A few of us tried asking other Hispanics to inform him of the rule before we got to the deputies, but no further effort was made. I realize this isn't the worst tale in this post, just goes to show that violence happens for totally silly reasons in jail slash prison. Been in that shower line before. Nuts to butts, they scream at you. Smells like balls, sweat, and hangover. Worst imaginable place on earth. I remember I was housed in Old County, a dingy, cockroach-infested, overcrowded, dirty section of LA County. You could wait up to five days just for a bunk, just sleeping on a concrete floor, eating bologna sandwiches. No blankets, no pillow, nothing. Once my bunk was available, they took me upstairs with 10 other people in the gang module. The cells are tiny, built to fit two inmates that pack six to seven guys in there. The seventh person has to sleep on the floor. You get showers every two days, so a lot of guys shower in the toilets. While we were in the holding area, I saw them take out a body wrapped in a set of bloody sheets with the bloodied bunk mat not far behind. Apparently he was a blood that was thrown into a cell with crips. Freaking nuts! When I finally get to my cell, the gate slams shut behind me, five of the biggest, blackest dudes I've ever seen in my life. A huge graffiti piece on the cell said, Rolling 60s Crips. That's Compton for those of you that don't know. One of the gang members comes right to my face and asks, What's your name, white boy? Is it Bubba? Ain't you all named Bubba? I knew I was in for a wild ride. Luckily, things went pretty smooth, minding my own business and didn't get anything sharp in my neck or blunt in my butt. Still one of the most insane places I've been in my life. Absolute mayhem. Did four years, four months in a prison in Colombia, South America. For most people that are sentenced to more than a year, prison becomes a vacuum cleaner that sucks up your savings, your marriage, and relationships. It is a really hard time for most. I was engaged at the time. She hung in there for about a year and we parted ways. For you, life screeches to a halt, while life rolls along on the outside. One interesting thing that happens is that prison is like a filter that sorts out who your friends really are and who are your real friends. It goes the same with family. Prison is also hard on you psychologically. You have time, a lot of time, to think. 
For most people, being left alone with their thoughts can be stressing. One thing that would reduce any tough guy into a quivering coward was the word remisión, which is the term used when they transfer convicted inmates to other prisons around the country. No one wanted that. It wasn't a good thing. While I was there, there were riots, got tear-gassed a bunch of times. One time, the big boss gave the order that every cell block barricade themselves, and one cell block took a couple of guards prisoner. This was on the news, and it was a big deal. They brought in the GRI, Group of Immediate Reaction, sort of a SWAT for prisons. These guys came seriously armed. When they ran in front of our cell block gate, all the guys ran into the cell block. Me and two other less experienced convicts stayed by the door watching, when one of them stood in front of the door and pointed his H&K MP5 at us. I don't know anything about guns, but the other inmates were calling it out. We put our arms in the air. The guy next to me starts screaming, Don't shoot us! We are not armed! The other guys started praying, so I called out the same thing. Please don't kill us! The GRI officers start yelling, Shut up and pull your pants down! We do exactly that, and we took our shirts off for good measure. The guy tells us to get on our knees, hands on top of our heads. We're only in that position briefly because shots ring out from another cell block. The guy and some others run toward the gunfire, and me and two other guys run into the cell block. The first thing the prison does is cut off the power, phones, and electricity. We were on lockdown for two days. It was really intense, and I really thought we were done for. One night, everyone is in bed sleeping, when suddenly, someone starts screaming in pain. I thought that someone was getting killed. I was scared out of my mind because you have nowhere to run and nowhere to go, but I started hearing people getting up and talking. It turned out that a roach crawled into the guy's ear. After that, it was toilet paper in your ears when you go to sleep. One day, a young kid got caught stealing some old guy's disposable razor. The old man was begging the houseman not to hit the kid, but it was too late. Examples have to be made. We all had to stand by and watch this poor kid get beat like an animal afterwards. I wasn't the only one with tears in my eyes. Another terrible thing was on visiting days, we would all bunch up by the gate of the cell block waiting for our visits. You would see a new inmate receive his visit and most would break into heart-wrenching sobs. That was hard to watch, mostly because you remember the day it happened to you. Mothers, wives, brothers, sisters, they were all heartbroken and it was your fault. It just sucked. I guess what I'm trying to say is that it wasn't just one thing, it was many. Sorry for the long post. I saw a guy with swastika tattoos on his body befriend a flamboyantly gay black man platonically. Turned my whole world upside down. Actually, for all I know, it could have been a flamboyantly black gay man. Either way, it was sweet. While waiting in jail to go to the PDC, there were five guys from my block that liked making people fight. They made up stories and stole things, and then would act like your buddy and say they found your stuff in this guy's bunk. I was warned about this. They finally targeted me and this guy twice my size. Luckily, he was warned too. They stole my deodorant, which is a prize where I was, and put it in his bunk. They told me where it was, and I acted mad. Then we all went to his cell. The big guy looked at me and said, You stole from me. No one steals from me. I winked at him and began lightly slapping him. He laughed and slapped lightly back. We both were yelling. Everyone laughed, and I got my deodorant back. The five dudes saw we knew what they were up to and moved on to other new inmates. Even though everything worked out, I was secretly crapping and wetting myself to oblivion in my mind. I'm glad that there's at least one wholesome post to separate all the awfulness. Did three weeks in county for basically being at the wrong place at the wrong time. I had just turned 18 and had never been in trouble, not even in school. I was interrogated in a small room by a huge undercover agent with a stash who told me that they knew I was the ringleader and that he would make it his personal mission to see that I spent the rest of my life in jail. Did not know any details, so I said nothing. When I was put in a cell, my cellmate was a 6'2 bald Mexican gangster guy, and every night he would loudly pleasure himself while I clinched my thin bedsheets in fear of not sleeping until I knew for sure I no longer heard him. I was released for lack of evidence. Good times. I'm going to give you a family story. My cousin got into some cocaine and heroin problems shortly after his mother died. He did a robbery at knife point on a local shop where my brother now works. 
Anyway, he goes away for 10 years, serves 8, and was released 3 years ago. He has a wife and two kids and is doing really well, so happy ending. The story that comes to mind is during his fifth year, he is one of the longest serving members of the prison, short state prison in England with only a few people serving sentences over two years. Anyway, he gets a guy living next to his cell and starts chatting with him in the cafeteria. They become friends and after about three months, people think nothing of it. But three months after he arrives, the inmates break into the back office of the prison and find everyone's records. They found out my cousin's mate has been transferred to this prison because his last person found out he was a kitty fiddler and he was moved for his safety. My cousin gets told flat out while at dinner one day, so-and-so, he's been done for kitty fiddling. Do something or you both get it from us. Fearing his safety, my cousin goes over and whacks the guy straight in the jaw with the tray, breaks his jaw and a couple of teeth. My cousin proves he was not sympathizing with the kitty fiddler and didn't get his head kicked in, sent into solitary confinement for two weeks. This isn't something that happened to me, but it's something I observed while in. My life was uneventful in my time, which was only about four months, and only during nights because I had multiple releases. Anyway, our jail was divided into sides and floors. The higher up you were, the worse of an offender you were. 1L was the floor with the men with releases or protective custody. 1R was women. Up through 5R and L were serious, violent offenders. 1L was 12 individual cells, about 5 by 8 feet, surrounded by a larger cage, one TV in the dead middle. Our floor got the new arrivals, who mostly, myself included for the first two months, had to sleep on rubber mats in the floor. One day, a young black man whom I knew from childhood was moved onto our floor. He'd been in the system since about 12. He had finally been granted work release. The guards hated him. All the guards were white. They didn't pull any punches. This was the year 2000. He was about 19 at this time. The night they moved him in was uneventful. The next morning, his release was for 6am, to be at work at a restaurant at 6.30. The overnight guard was a jerk who loved doing things like dropping our food or releasing us late or holding us for an extra inspection or whatever. That morning, he was too busy to let this inmate out until 9am. Our only phone was collect, and he did, for whatever reason, turn it off that morning so none of us could use it. Kid finally gets out, his ride still waiting, and beats feet to work. They actually let him work till noon, at which point he came immediately back like he was supposed to, during which time they made him sit in the sally port for about 5 hours without food, water, or bathroom. So he gets in after dinner and goes back to his cell, pretty dejected but not being bad or disrespectful. The next morning, they do the same thing. He gets to work and the manager can't do much but fire him, so he comes straight back to work and calls his PO on the way, and she calls the jail to tell them that he won't need his release the next day. So he comes back on the floor and pretty much immediately gets on the phone with his lawyer and family trying to find a new job. Cue the big fat guard dog. She comes walking down the floor outside the second cage laughing, saying something like, How was work, X? To which he responds, You know how it was. And she, I swear to God she says this, says something like, Shoulda known a lazy N wouldn't go to work on time. Looks like you're going back upstairs with the rest of the monkeys. We're all kind of appalled that she'd say that. And we're all white dudes. So he says something like, don't you have anything better to do? Which is of course what she was hoping for. Lockdown, she says loudly, which is where we all go back to our cages or mats. We all abide. She gets on her walkie and says her clothes first left and locks us all in about three hours before normal time. He says something like, you ain't gotta take it out on all these dudes. They didn't do nothing. And she says, shut up inmate, on your knees. Now you have to remember that she's about six feet in front of him and none of us can see because we're all in our cages. Only the cage next to him can see her, really, because he's in the last cell. So she starts screaming at him, calling him names, making fun of him, nasty, nasty stuff. 
So he calls her a dog or something. She pulls out a can of bear spray and just hoses him down and the rest of us by proximity. Then she calls in the response team, which is just one dude and his dog, and they haul the kid out, not fighting, in cuffs and drag him away, leaving the rest of us to wheeze on pepper spray for the rest of the night. That was one story. I could tell you about the guy with the wheelchair or the littering guy or lots of stuff. Thanks everyone for your comments. I didn't expect this to get big. I feel like I've had a pretty wild life and I love talking about the crazy things I've done. Eight-time felon Eagle Scout EMT with SAR dogs? Okay. I've worked in youth residential group homes, worked as a counselor, taught public school, had to restrain lots of folks, been stabbed by students, been deposed for very technical ADA-related issues and big lawsuits, and I'm happy to share about all of it because I think our stories could all be shared. For the record, I was originally charged with 28 felonies and something like 15 misdemeanors for breaking and entering. Effectively, the DA took every single unsolved B&E from the previous year and charged me with it. We couldn't afford the $10,000 my lawyer wanted to go to trial. That was after the $10,000 he charged just to represent me. So we took a plea bargain of 8 felonies and 3 groups, all B&E. I was supposed to receive 1-10 to 10 years in the state pen for each one, but the judge realized that things weren't what they seemed, and instead grouped the charges and sentenced me to 3-30, to 30, suspended it, and gave me 6 months in county with releases for work, school, and community service. So I pretty much just spent the night in jail for 4-5 to five months. Really lucky and really not too bad. I won't say that I was innocent, but I also won't say that I was remotely guilty of what I was charged with or what I pled guilty to. My PO, that's another whole series of stories, decided that I was the poster child for reform and had me speak to her interns about recidivism and corrections and then for an unknown reason decided I was bad 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 and tried three times to revoke my probation, all unsuccessfully. I graduated with a 3.7 overall GPA in 2003. Eight months inside, and one instance always sticks out of my mind. I was running out of phone minutes and spending what precious time I had left talking to my child. We didn't get to talk as much as I liked, had unfortunately more important people to talk to. Lawyers, trying to find jobs for my release, etc. This jerk comes up. I need the phone. Hold on man, I only got a couple minutes left. He takes the phone and slammed it into the crappy payphone holster and abruptly hung up on my daughter. Still breaks my heart because I cherish every minute I can have with her. I worked as a guard in a military prison for four years, and after reading the stories in here, I'm glad I didn't transition to federal corrections when I got out. The things I read about in here. I didn't see either, but my buddy witnessed two events. One where a guy in the labor yard took his shovel and full-on swung it into the side of a guy's face, shattered his jaw, and dropped like a sack. He lived. After his surgeries were done, he was transferred to a different facility. Another guy was an MP who was the arresting officer of an inmate. When the MP was sent to the jail, I don't remember what he did, probably some possession charge. We had a few prior MPs in the jail. He didn't remember the guy at all, but the inmate broke his jaw with an elbow coming out of the shower one day. His wasn't so bad off as the first guy, he stayed for the rest of his sentence, but was kept in a different block than the other inmate. The head cook was pimping out her female cooks to the inmates. Their families would wire money to the head cook, who would then get that inmate assigned to kitchen duties so she could screw the female cooks. As a result of this, we had a man in extra guard to stay in the kitchen at all times. The head cook was sent to Leavenworth, and the two she was pimping out were dishonorably discharged from the army. Outside of that, the worst altercation I've seen was two inmates fighting in a block and knocking the TV over. Forty inmates in the block collectively went, oh crap, no, and once the fight was over, they were all asking us to check on the TV and hoping it still worked. Didn't give a crap about the two bloody idiots we took to segregation. That TV though, fortunately it did still work put it back on its stand and plugged it back in and came right back up. The place I was at was mostly pretty laid back. We had a saying, it's 365 days of boredom with 5 days of excitement. It's worse than the hot days of summer and around Christmas. Tempers flare and everyone is depressed. 
Oh, there was also a time where a female guard was doing a block check and walked into the shower, which wasn't on, and found an inmate laying along the wall, head and neck on the floor, back and legs up the wall, pleasuring himself because he was trying to eat his own omission. She wrote him up for that. It was freaking hilarious to read that report. One guy had a heart attack in the rec yard. One of the inmates we had was a ranger medic. He was there because his chute line got stuck jumping from a plane and he shattered his jaw. Seems like there's a trend. And when he recovered, he had permanent jaw pain. Since he was a medic, he kept writing his own narcotic prescriptions so he wouldn't have to see the doctor, which is a big no-no. So he was sent to jail for drug abuse. Anyway, when the inmate had a heart attack in the rec yard, we sent a newbie private to run up to Delta Block for this inmate because he was the only one the guards knew had any experience with this kind of stuff. When the paramedics arrived, he gave a full account to them of everything that was going on and very well could have saved that guy's life. I spent a short amount of time in a county jail. The first morning, they came and handed out those small cardboard cereal boxes that come in variety packs. I remember wolfing down the cereal as I hadn't eaten in a day or two and was starving. They then came back around and served the milk. I was angry. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.